Hey, 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 you guys. Thank you all so much for being back on Black Canvas Season 9. We have an amazing guest here with us. His name is Eric Cole. If y'all haven't heard of him, you're going to learn a lot about him today. He has a master's in education. He's a senior business systems analyst and also a certified life coach. He's also the host of the Hung Up podcast. It is a Philly-based culture and society platform for a Black queer experience. Since 2017, guests from all walks of life have brought their knowledge, stories, and expertise to the show. Educators, singers, artists, actors, authors, community engagers, and advocates, podcast hosts, and also health advocates as well. The Hung Up Podcast exists to encourage, to inform, and share experiences of the people impacting various spaces throughout the community. You guys, he is also from Temple University, an alumni, and a two-time Philly tennis champion. And I'm just so excited to have Eric here on the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for that introduction. I'm really happy and um, excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Anytime. And when I found out that you played tennis, I'm like, you definitely have to be on the show. <laughs> yes, that is. Uh, that. I played a lot of sports growing up as a kid. Tennis was just one of the, the one sport that I, that's just stuck with me. Man, see, I was a basketball player. I loved basketball. And then I loved, I played soccer and I was also on a bowling team. So I enjoyed playing sports as well. Okay. I like bowling too. See, I'm about to take you on out. You know, I, I used to, I was a two-time champion in bowling and a bowl of the year. So I'm about to kind of show you up. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And you're in, um, is it Atlanta? No, I'm actually in Louisiana. I'm in Louisiana. Louisiana. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm originally from New Orleans. That's my home area. And yes, yes. great city. And I live in Shreveport now. So it I is. love it. And you're in Shreveport now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We moved Just here after. Black, Katrina. black, black, black. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I created some fun questions for you, Eric, and I think this would be great for us to learn more about you. So if you're ready, I'm going to kind of jump right into it and you just let me know when you're ready for them. All right, let's go. All right. So can you tell our listeners what it was like growing up in your hometown and who was one of your biggest supporters or influences growing up? Well, I grew up in Southern Maryland. And when people ask me where I grew up and I tell them Waldorf, not many people are familiar with Waldorf. Waldorf is a, a small town and um, very rural in some parts. Um, but everything you need is right there. If you're coming down 301 um, in Maryland, you see a whole bunch of car dealerships. <laughs> That's how you know you've hit Waldorf. It's a lot of car dealerships, um, a lot of shopping centers and malls. We love crabs. That is another, that's another thing about um, Southern Maryland. I went to a public school that I would say was probably like, I, from what I remember, it was like majority white. Black people, we were definitely up in there, but it was majority white at that time. This is back in the, in the 90s. Now, if you go to Waldorf, it is very, very mixed. And it's mainly because a lot of families from Prince George's County and from Washington, D.C. moved. And, and purchased homes in Waldorf um, and, and commute to work every day. Um, 
what else? I mean, I, I really, I, I come from the country. It's very country where I grew up. My father was a tobacco field farmer. And in terms of like influencers, to be honest, I didn't always have the best influences <laughs> growing up. Um, <laughs> in a lot of situations, I was the only child. I was around adults probably too often. And, and t- at least until my father remarried and you know i had a stepmom and i had a stepbrother and i had a stepsister but um you know i didn't always have the best influences my father did the best that he could and he showed that love um in the way in 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 his ways (laughs) um (laughs) but you know just growing up and being queer like i definitely didn't have anyone in the family to relate to or talk to about that and so I really learned to express myself through through the arts, through singing, through ROTC, through student government. I mean, tennis, whatever I could get myself into, um, that, is, that is really, those were my biggest influences. Um, you know, I use my imagination a lot. I love music. Music was another um, really big influence growing up, for sure. I love that, Eric. So you're telling us that we're going to begin a new album coming next month, right? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I have honestly been like thinking about in terms of like tapping back into that childhood, I was wondering like, maybe I need to go like search. I know there are adult choirs all throughout, you know, you know, different parts of the city, you know, some religious affiliated and some not. And I'm wondering if I need to tap back into that, if that is, if music is something truly that I need to rediscover. I've, I've really been thinking about that. I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, I'm going to help push you in that direction. I think that's, that's going to be a great thing for you because one thing I say is music has a lot of healing properties in it. And when you think of what you hear, what you experience, even when we watch television, if you notice every single thing on television has some sort of tune or music to it. And so I feel like it's a way for us to connect, but it's also since COVID for sure, um, people have had to find other alternative ways of building relationships. And so that's one thing I enjoy about this podcast and about your show and what you're doing is like you find ways to still connect, but also to heal yourself and to find that wholeness Mm -hmm. within you when you're having your roughest moments. And we all know a good song when you're in that worst state mm. can kind of put you in such a great, you know, mindset and get you motivated. Um, I know one of my favorite songs is um, Mary J. Blige, Just Fine. I just love listening to that. I mean, it's just such a great song, yes. no matter what you're going through. So uplifting. Yeah. For sure. So I can't wait. Um, uh, y'all heard me. I told him he's going to get the album together. He's, he's- <laughs> He, laugh, he laughing real hard, but I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. <laughs> so my next question for you is, what's something you wish yes. you could erase from your memory forever? If you could erase one memory. You know, I feel, honestly... It's not just for me, because I really feel like it's for all Black people. I wish we could erase racism. I wish I could erase that from my memory. Like, I've often found myself daydreaming and wondering what a life would be like, what my life would be like if racism wasn't a thing, if I 
didn't have to encounter the hardships and the things that I had to encounter all because I was black, all because I was gay or queer, you know, same gender loving, however people want to label it. I'm, I'm open to everything. I love it all. And that's what the hunger podcast is all about. But I really do. I wonder what, and not just for me, but I wonder what life would be like for black people in general to where we could really experience life fully without those barriers. What would that mean for gay people? What would it mean for trans people in our community? Um, that's one thing I wish would be going forever, even though it's not really a memory. Um, I don't know if I, if I, I don't know if I want to say what I want the memory to be. Then we getting real uh -oh. deep. We getting real uh -oh. personal. We gonna need Ayala on the line. If not I on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll keep it. I'll keep it surface, and I'll say for not just me, but for all people, I wish racism wasn't a thing and that we had an opportunity to experience this lifetime. Maybe other lifetimes in the past or in the future, we won't, we, that won't be a thing. But this lifetime, um, what it would be like, you know? I think you made a great point and, and I can change it. I will make it, instead of it being a memory, just a situation that we're experiencing. Um, I think that that's the hardest thing, being a person of color. I always remind people that, you know, ignorance is bliss to a certain extent. And people like to marginalize or uh, classify people based on socioeconomic status or based on um, cultural norms or things that they may have heard. But, you know, systemic racism exists, you know ageism exists, racism, homophobia. There's so many things out there that exist. And the more that people continue to tell themselves that because I don't see color, or I don't experience this, that it doesn't affect other people, you're, you're actually minimizing the other person who is going through their own challenges. Or I don't, I don't feel that, that, you know, I can be an ally or support, but how are you really supporting? And I feel like you know, just because you're, you know, not maybe ridiculing someone does not mean that you are supporting. And I feel support means listening, actively hearing someone, being there, standing beside them in their challenges. And then also knowing that even though you may not live that person's life or go through their experiences, it doesn't mean that they don't have pain or they don't bleed the same. And I always like to use the statement of when we all pass away, you know, everyone's belief systems are different. But when they put you in a coffin, they don't, count to see how much money you have they don't worry about where you lived you know we're all going some sort of way that's going to be our own journey and I feel like I like to leave people with a positive experience with me and knowing that my legacy that I will leave the world is that I've done the best I could and I was really open-minded to hearing and experiencing other people's experiences and so for me that helps me to feel great about life even when it's bleak and there's so much negativity out there you know what and that's so true and i think that erasure that you just talked about also puts so many people at risk and in harm's way to pretend as if these situations these experiences just they don't exist because for a lot of these white folks for them to think about it for them to talk about it it's an inconvenience it's it's a it doesn't feel good and so rather than be inconvenienced or not feel good, I'm just going to act like it's not a thing. And that's something that we 
are shutting down when we encounter these situations when not when non-black people say these type of things we're shutting it down because it's like nah you're not going to just sit here and act like it's not a thing when this entire country has been built the root of this country the root of systems the root of companies and organizations and corporations the root of legislator and law it's all based in policing it's all based in this thing that you try to sit here and act like doesn't exist for you meanwhile everyone else is encountering it and dealing with it on a daily basis nah fuck that oh excuse me can i I can i cuss over here (laughs) well you know what i'm gonna let you have that one (laughs) go ahead (laughs) (laughs) i got a little heated right there all right all right we got dr martin luther eric i love it there we go (laughs) (laughs) mr cole if you're nasty but i'm sorry just all right I say Dante if you nasty. Oh, okay. See, now we got an after dark that he's gonna do later, you guys. But that's a different podcast. But uh, <laughs> but I think you made a really great point, and I do want to kind of just talk about just that briefly before we move on. Is I feel like the more we start to understand our differences, that helps us to to create a pathway for success as a community, as a culture. But we also have to remember what we're doing in our own culture takes precedence too. There's too much, you know, black on black crime. There's too many people who are, you know, classifying people in their own race or their own gender, their own expression, whatever that is. And so you have to remember when you tell yourself, I want to move forward and I want to see these things in the media and in life and in our neighborhoods, then guess what? That The change is rooted within you. And so if you're not willing to do your part, your due diligence and to actually be able to accept your own differences and be able to accept other people and their challenges. And remember that, as I mentioned, their walk is going to be different than ours. That's important, you know, and I feel like that's something that we're missing because even in our own community, there's a lot of issues that we need to work through ourselves. Yes. And a lot of it is being swept under the rug and not wanting to be dealt with. And I agree, like we have to, we have to deal with these issues. Like for example, domestic violence, you know, I just get so tired of seeing domestic violence issues on the timeline. And it's something that we gotta, we gotta deal with. And that's just one of the issues that I hear, you know, like you're saying that we, we have issues within the community that we need to talk about. And that's just one of them. 100%. But one thing I want to switch this to a definite positive note, which is highlighting your amazing podcast and what you've been able to do. Do you mind sharing like advice? If there was any advice that you would have given yourself when your podcast career started, knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself when you first started in your career? Well... I think one of the biggest things would have been like, I would have partnered up with someone sooner or like just had some assistance behind the scenes. I think I, like many creators, start this journey alone and we get so used to being in control of the content, um, con- you know, control of the, the branding, the social media, the who you're reaching out to for potential guests, like literally everything from beginning to end. And before you've known it, you know, you've gone years 
and now you're starting to feel that burnout and you're like, wow, what, <laughs> what happened? And so I realized, you know, and I've been in the game, you know, about six years that it would have been nice. And, and I finally do have a team and we work on not the podcast, but it's the YouTube show that I have a team and I just, I'm really glad that I have that team. I have that support because you got, you know, people coming with different experiences, different creative juices flowing. And it's just nice to have that helping hand. So that's definitely one of the biggest things I would have told myself um, early in, in, you know, early on in the game, or in terms of like, if someone were to ask me, what advice would you get someone who's just starting out? Like, don't feel like you have to do it all on your own. And you may have to, in the beginning that that very well could be the reality it, you know what i'm saying it's you your microphone and your computer and i get that like that's where i started that's where i am <laughs> with my with my audio podcast you know and um but d- don't feel like that has to be the end all be all and getting help getting especially with social media social media can really be draining and that's a lot of time and I've talked to other podcasters and many of us agree. We love this podcasting part. Like what we're doing right now, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the actual content part, but the social media that comes with, that's a whole nother job. <laughs> and you have to understand algorithms. You have to know who your market is and what your, what your goals are for engagement and who the audience is like, it's a whole nother level to it. So I would have gotten that help a little earlier on because I've been burnt out a few times. I'm burnt out now. That's why I was low key. I'm on a little break, but I'm not on a break. I'm on a social media. I was on a social media break for about a month and I just recently came back. But even now I don't post like I used to. I don't, I, I, I don't, I'm not messing with Instagram like that. Me, me and Instagram got beef. <laughs> so when I came back from my social media break, I was like, you know what, girl, I'm still not messing with you like that, but I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, I had a joke. I'm a whole that joke. I'm going to talk to you about that later. But uh, All right, cool, cool. <laughs> but I think that's a really good point. I think you, you really made is that there's so much that goes on with social media. And so for me, the one thing I love about my show is I am definitely not concerned with that aspect of it. I've always been about content. And I'm like, when I first started the podcast, it was doing, of course, May of 2020, when we just experienced COVID and and things going on around the world. I'm not going to go into details, but we know all the stuff that was happening during this time. And so I was like, how can I find a way where we can be less divisive and I can share my experience in a healthy way and talk about mental health, which it's not talked about enough. And I started it that way. And then I had a good friend of mine. Um, she was like, hey, do you think you might want to interview people? And I was like, nah, I don't think so. And she was like, well, you never know. And so I did reach out to one person and we got really close. And then it just started to snowball where I've, I've talked to some of my idols and some amazing human beings across the world. And I never thought I would talk to someone in all these different countries and experiences and and I was like, this is great. So this is what the show was meant for. And so I love that I do get this opportunity, but I That's also amazing. don't. 
thank you. Yeah, it's it's fun. Like sometimes I'm like, wait a minute, I forgot I have to pinch myself. I'm like, I literally just you interview a lot of people too. I that just, is what's up. I'm like, man, I'm gonna get it going, and that's <laughs> that's how I am. And when I talked to Keisha Renee, who I love, great human being, I was like, I never thought I would talk to her. Amazing, you know, people from America's Next Top Model, from The Voice, you know, just like people who I watched and I voted for, supported. I'm like, oh wow, this is such a great moment. And I always tell people it's never about the name, it's about the person. And so I'm so glad when I meet people through the show and I connect and it's someone who's amazing, I'm like, great. Because um, I told someone, someone asked me this question. They were like, so what if you had someone who had like a million followers and would you do it just for that? I said, no. And they were like, well, would you do it for that? I'm like, absolutely not. I said, I had one person, I'm not gonna mention their name. Um, but they had well over a million followers and we had a conversation. We did not connect and I told them no. And I was very clear on that. I was like, that's not what my show was about. And I'm not doing anything clout chasing. I don't have time for that. I work. And this is a part-time thing I enjoy to do. And if you don't connect with me or I feel the audience is not going to gain anything, I'm not doing it. And so I was very firm on that. And so I always want my show to be that way, where it's about genuineness connectedness and being supported and sharing positivity and if it's not that I don't want it so I'm I always say you have to have morals and values and you have to live by it and when you can do that you can sleep at night and feel good about yourself absolutely and I've even been asked that question too like in terms of the mess the gossip Eric why don't you interview certain like look if y'all want that it's podcast y'all can go get that it's podcasts, it's, it's YouTube shows, it's platforms out here that will deliver that to you. I'm trying to do something a little bit different. And so I respect hearing that from you and hearing that you're intentional about your content and your craft. And it also says you're very intentional about what message you want your audience to, to, to receive, what kind of energy do you want your your audience to receive when they're listening to your podcast? If y'all want Zeus, y'all can go get Zeus. I think the subscription is still under $10. I mean, look, but you saying when y'all come over here, I'm going to give you something a little bit different, a little more quality content, something that you can learn from, something you can take something and grow from potentially. So I respect that. I like that. I appreciate you for saying that. I mean, you, it's unfortunate, but people really do believe. And they look at some of the guests on my show, they're like, well, how did you get that person? I'm like, some people I didn't even reach out to. They they actually heard the show. And that's the amazing thing when someone says, oh, I heard of your, of your show, or I saw you interview this person I want to be on. And so you would never guess some of how many times that's happened. And I'm like, that's really cool. And I'm like, you know what? This is great. And then the people where we don't connect, mm-hmm. I'm okay with them. I'm still going to support you. I always tell people, it's not about that. Like I had one in person who was very, very, very rude and, and was not that way until we got on the actual recording. I'm like, I really wish I could release. I was like, I wish Word. I could release the audio of what was said before we actually started. And so you could tell it so we could I'm, hear the difference. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it was a difference. But I, I think he forgot I was from New Orleans. So I had to get him together. And so, wow. but we were good and we got on there and we were both professional. But I was like, wow, like you literally switched right before that and it kind of threw me off for a moment i was like you know i can be people are scary and i was Mm -hmm. like 
People, <laughs> but I am too. I was like, so yes. let's let's go with it. I know that's right. <laughs> if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So I know that's right. <laughs> I know that's right. I had to remind myself in the night. Well, you be you might want to remember that. So let's let's keep it keep it together. <laughs> I had yes. to forget that I was a counselor for a minute. I said, hold on, uh, let me get it together. I, I had to like, whoop. but yeah, it was a great moment for me because it really taught me of like, wow, be on the spot, be intentional. But I reminded myself, hey, I'm, that's not who I am. That's who I used to be. Um, and that side is always there and available, but I don't ever want to go there and just because it's, it's not necessary. And so it just helped me. I still supported him in his business and what he was doing, but I was like, nope. Um, he reached out at a later time. And I didn't even respond. I'm like, I don't want to engage in that because it's, it's negative. Um, so I'm going to switch it to a positive. Speaking of which, um, my next question I have for you is the most extravagant purchase that you've made. Do you mind sharing with us what that was? And is there anything that you have as a possession that you treasure the most? You know what? Honestly, I'm really a simple kind of guy. I can't really, I don't really, I can't really think of anything super extravagant. Um, I know I've um, purchased, I can't, yeah, I can't think of anything super extravagant. I know for, it was either my 30th or my 31st birthday. I bought a really fancy um, hotel room and just like treated myself for that entire weekend. Outfit, took myself out, dinner the whole night, like really spent some money on me. And um, that would probably, that would probably be the most extravagant. I, I can't, I couldn't really think of anything, but when you asked my most treasured, treasured possession, I immediately thought of um, my father's ring. He passed away last year and that ring was given to him by his second wife. And she and I were okay close growing up. She came into my father's life at a time when I was in middle school. I was a kid. I was, you know, going through the things that adolescents go through and being very misunderstood by my father. So I feel like she did bring some balance and um, she was an outlet in some ways too. And um, I did things with her that, I would have always wanted to do. So in terms of wanting family, doing family things, I was able to do that the time that she was in my father's life. Um, so that ring is sentimental and, ha- you know, it has a lot of value to me. Like to me, that's my, it may not be a purchase, but it's the most extravagant thing that I have in terms of like, it has so much emotional value to it. Like I can look at it and, and I mean, just so many memories, just, I mean, stories, um, pictures that I can pull out. I mean, that, that, that ring means a lot to me. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that, Eric. And I want to dedicate this episode to your dad, if that's something you're okay with. Thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. It really does. Oh, absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. you. You know that outside of the show, if you ever need to just kind of say, hey, as a friend, I need to reach out. You can reach out to me because I think people don't understand when you're going through a storm in the midst of a storm. No one understands it until they're even similarly in your shoes. But no one knows the journey you have to take. And people need you 
six months later, nine months later, I'm also a certified trauma and grief specialist. So I understand the challenges with trauma and grief. And I think people forget that. They just go into, oh, well, you know, things will be okay. But no, you have those moments where you don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to talk about things. You don't want someone to touch you or, or to tell you they love you or share those things. That could happen because it can elicit a response that you're not ready to, to actually accept. Or if you're accepting it, then people expect you just to be okay with everything. And they put everything in your lap and forget you still have emotions and feelings associated with the loss. So um, like I said, I'm here for you and you know you can reach out anytime for sure. I appreciate that and that means a lot. And one thing that I'm sure many of us share that have experienced grief or experiencing it right now is that we know that the world just goes on. The, the world goes on and that's that's probably one of the hardest things about dealing with grief. So I, ex- I really do appreciate you extending that grace. Absolutely, Eric. So I have only a few more questions for you. So the first one, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to young Eric? Wow, I think one of the, if I could, the first thing I would do is give young Eric the biggest hug the biggest, tightest hug that I could possibly give them. Um, And then I would look at young Eric and and I would just say, you know, don't give up. Keep, keep going. Keep, go into the world and live out your wildest dreams. While you may not find acceptance in how you're looking for it from your parents, don't let that hold you back. Keep going, keep going, and everything's going to be okay. That's that's what I would tell young Eric. I love that. I feel like everything is going to be okay for you because you know what? You're successful in life, not just on your show. And I feel like that is something that not everyone has. And so I'm very proud of you for, first of all, being as open you're welcome. You. It's open and honest and sharing things that you've gone through. And you're like, man, I didn't know I was coming here for this today. I thought I was just coming to have fun. <laughs> but you really have have <laughs> really opened up. And I'm learning more about you that I didn't know, which I think is great. But I think people are going to resonate with your story because many of us can see ourselves through you. So I think you're doing an awesome job today with this. Thank you. I do feel like it's a little mini therapy session, but Hey, I'm a life coach and a lot of the conversations that I have end up feeling just like that. And so all that tells me is that we all just need a little bit more love. People are reaching out and just trying to connect on many different levels. You know, so it's so much suffering. It's so much suffering. I mean, and I consider myself an empath and Mm -hmm. I feel it. Sometimes I'm just walking down the street. I could look at someone. I'm like, oh my God, you can just like see it in their face. And being as though that myself, have, I have experienced so many things since I was a young child. I have so much empathy for the world. I have so much empathy for people and maybe at a fault, but I just do. It's because I, I just feel it and I just feel humanity and none of us asked to be here. None, none of us, we don't know what this is, why we're spending on 
a globe in the middle of blackness. Like <laughs> we, we, we're just here. And given the cards that we have been dealt, many of us, I'm sure a lot of us are just doing the best that we can. And so mm-hmm. I appreciate platforms like this that continue to just reach out and pour into the community and share those journeys and experiences. I, Cause that's what I'm all about. I'm hung up. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Speaking of that plug, I'm so glad you did that. Um, do you mind telling everyone where can they find you online and also what's next for you? So that way we can support. Absolutely. So you all can find me. You can find the Hung Up podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Spotify or um, SoundCloud or Apple or iTunes um, podcast, whatever. In uh, social media by searching at Hung Up Pod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. And in terms of what's next for me, is this at the end of this month april 28th to the 30th it is philly black pride month it is also the time of the pen relays so a lot of people are here for the pen relay but it is also philly black pride and this year hunger podcast has been asked to partner up with philly black pride for not one but two events so the day party that's happening on saturday I will be there along with my co-host, Tony, of the Hung Up Hot Live Show, our YouTube show. We will be in the building mingling with the people. Candace Dillard, who is an artist and also on the cast of the Housewives of um, Real Housewives of Potomac, will be in the building. Um, she'll be doing a special performance, and Tony and I will be getting an exclusive interview with her. And so that's Saturday. And then, I'm not sure what day yet, but we've also been asked to facilitate uh, like an in-person, a live podcast. And we're going to do that with Colors. It's kind of like a, a collaboration with Colors, which is an organization here in Philadelphia that does community work, therapy work, outreach work, um, particularly with uh, the gay community, gay men here in Philadelphia. And so I'm excited about this collaboration. And... Yeah, <laughs> if you're in Philly um, or if you want to support, uh, you can tap the bio link on my Instagram page and get your ticket. Well, so you're telling me you're going to drive back is what you're saying, right? What do you mean drive back? Um, <laughs> oh, you, <laughs> you like, I Candace? like Candace? So I was trying to see if you're going to catch him. I was like, I'm going to get him on the end to see if he catches the that's the name of her song, right? Uh-huh. The girl can sing. And you know what? I'm the re- One of the reasons why I'm excited to talk with Candice is because she's not just a reality TV, you know, like the typical reality TV girl. Like she, you know, she, a lot of, you know, someone go on, they get hat lines or, you know, we see someone do, try to do the, the athletic gear. Like everyone tries to have, you know, we've seen wine, we've seen candles. Everyone tries to have something other than just being a housewife. And I feel like Candace came to the franchise. She really has talent. The girl can really sing. And she's put out an album, um, hit music. And, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm hung up. 
I, I've been yeah. watching her yeah. on the um the the girl strip. Yeah, yeah, the ultimate girl strip. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you talk to Candace Teller, I said hello and keep doing well. I like her. I think she has a great heart and spirit. And she's pretty quick on her feet. She's quick with it. I'll tell you that. So if I, I don't. For being so tiny. She really is. Oh, oh yeah. She, she's running like Flojo. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate you so much, Eric. Like I said, I would love to have you on my other platform in the future. I have another show that I co-host, actually. Um, it's called Embracing Your Love Marks. So it's a term that I came up with. And Ooh. I think it's a great way of. Thank you. I'm yeah, like, it was man. something when I think of, we all know what love marks mean in another sense, but I'm like, hey, how can we change the, the meaning of it and talk about the pain we've gone through and traumas and find healthy ways and alternatives to work through it? And so um, I will get with you for sure. We're going to exchange more info and we will keep in touch. And I wish you nothing but the best with your success. And as I did mention, um, if you do need me, I'm definitely here. Thank you, Gerald, and thank you for having me here and being such a wonderful host. And I really hope your listeners enjoyed this episode and check me out. I'm well, going to enjoy it. I mean, <laughs> you are a mess and I love it. I really can be. Listen, y'all, I know I can get deep. Like, yes, I can get deep, but I really am a mess. I'm funny. You'll get a little bit of everything with me. So come on, come on, check me out. And it sounds like this won't be the last time you'll hear me on this platform. So I'm looking forward to it. For sure. You know, I am, I mean, I have you on here. You'd be like, wait a minute, wait, did I, did I sign up for this? No, 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 I didn't. Sign up <laughs> <laughs> but um, you guys, we end with our, our, my phrase that I came up with. So this is something that I enjoy about Black Canvas. So can you guess what my phrase is in reference to? Um, art <laughs> a canvas i don't know you guys okay <laughs> so yeah my phrase is let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas oh i like that paint your canvas color it how you want there we go and if, and if we need to start over if we need to scrap that one tear it down and put something fresh up and start new i think we we're, we're allowed to do that right we can do that we can okay yeah, cool can. i just wanted to make sure it's cool okay it's cool y'all heard it's cool let's do it it's cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right eric well you have a great rest of your day and i'm gonna talk to you later okay hey you too it was really nice talking with you good night Sa same here bye <laughs>